laundry kind of thing. All right. Well, uh, I'm now recording, and Carl, when you're ready, let me know. So Carl's ready. So uh, welcome to Dojo Universe, our, I don't know, 40-something episode. What number are we up to, Vandina? I don't know. We're approaching 50, aren't we? Somewhere around there. We're, we are approaching 50. We are at 44. This is 44. And we just celebrated our Dojo U's first birthday in the last episode. So now we're boldly, boldly uh, venturing to where no one's ever been before. So uh, we have kind of a cool, uh, cool thing going on today. Um, <clears throat> you know, I thought to myself as we titled this one, I thought, you know, uh, what should we call this? And I went out on a limb and I said, we should call this, this should be the first of our Great American Piper series. And, uh, you know, some certain pipe band media pundits might not overly enjoy that title, but that's kind of what I went with. And uh, so anyway, I think Derek's somewhere out there. I think he is. You know, just needs to activate his mic. I think. Are you out there, Derek? See, he unmuted. He unmuted, but I'm not hearing anything. Hmm. Okay. But uh, are you out there? Oop! I see. I can now see Derek. Hey, Derek. Oh, we can't hear him though. We can't hear you yet though. <clears throat> toggle your toggle your microphone up there, Derek, a little bit. See, now it says it's muted. Now it says it's unmuted. But I'm not hearing it. Yeah, just go under the little mic icon and adjust mic volume and kick it up a few. Just see if that works. Oh, there it is. That's Can it. you hear me now? Yep. Yeah. It's actually a little bit on the loud yes. side. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> yep, we can hear you, but you've got to turn the mic down a little bit now. Just a downward a little bit, yeah. There. That sounds better. Oh, no. More. 50%, medium, whatever There we go. There we go. That's a good level, I think. All right, cool. So yeah, thanks for joining us, Derek. And um, I, can I guess to whatever you need. Cool. Well, it sounds like there's a little bit of a delay also, but um, sometimes that I'm gonna actually turn off my video, so it can be all Derek all the time, and Vin too. <laughs> Vin can be up there. So um, so thanks for joining us. And uh, you know, I think what we kind of had in mind today was to get to know Derek a little bit and cheers. See what's uh you know, see what's up with you. So maybe you could give us a little background about your piping and maybe start from the beginning and, you know, get up to where you are now and, and the cool things that you've been up to in the world of piping. You're just, you're just back in the U.S. now, just for, for as for an extended Thank you. Stay. Uh, you mean the beginning, the beginning? <laughs> yes, well, I think the beginning, the beginning. Well, I suppose <laughs> I came back a year ago, so I keep saying it was only like last week. All right, the beginning, the beginning, in a, a twinkle in my parents' eye, you know, 
but um, I think I started playing it when I was 13, which I think counts as late, actually, uh, to start piping, as far as kids go. And I started a, a street band up, up the ways, and mostly because my sister wanted to try it, and I got dragged along kicking and screaming because I didn't want to play no fangled bagpipes. And uh, wound up enjoying it and taking to it, and I remember Mr. Boy quite quickly, because I couldn't read music, couldn't do anything. And I thought that was kind of swell, and I continued down the path to, what do you call it, lack of a social life and a, more piping. This in New Jersey, correct? This is uh, just a, a location on all of this. Yeah, yeah. Started in New Jersey. Uh, the Jersey Shore, uh, just north of Snooky, I think, and <laughs> the rest of the cast. But, uh, no, I went to, after about a year playing, I went to George Bell for 10-plus years or something like that until I went to college and um, came back and went back to him for as long as I could. And then his, uh, it was sad, you know, the random hospital stays uh, kind of interrupted our lessons, but he was, he was my anchor, if you will, growing up and, and a man of few words, as I think everybody knows. But... Uh, it was enough, whether that was crap, he would say it's crap, and it was good, he wouldn't say anything. So you got to just try and get to him not responding in a negative manner, and then you did something right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then in two thousand, seemed to produce consistently good pipers out of, out of that, though. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. You, know, you, you have to be able to handle it, I think. And I just, I guess I could handle the abuse, <laughs> or whatever that would be, the old school style. And then in 2007, I decided to go to Scotland because... Uh, actually, at the time, I was bored with my job, and I wanted to go back to school and go back to learning because I wasn't learning, and I, that was really annoying. So it's Scotland, and just try to make it happen through hard work and perseverance. And so, so when you went over to Scotland, it, did you, uh, did you, you went to school there, right? You, just, you, you signed up for school? and Yeah, yeah, I went to the University of Glasgow for a master's degree, and because that, that's a lot easier to get a visa that way, rather than actually trying to immigrate with a green card. It's a pain in the ass to do that in the UK. Uh, yeah. Whereas, like, like most countries, if you're studying abroad, it's a lot easier. They want your money. So, yeah, so sign right up, and then I took that opportunity to join uh, Scottish Power and kind of jump in the deep end. I uh, had never had experience, or, you know, it's always intimidating to me at that level to try and adapt and improve yourself and the, yes. I prefer. So, so what was you? You went over there. You signed up for school. So what was like the first thing? So the first thing you did, you call up, you know, go to the piping center and say, I want to play in Scottish Power. How'd you do that? How'd you go about doing that? Uh, well, I actually, uh, in t before I did that, I, in 2007, I signed up for a full-time master's degree. Had left my job at the time, and went over for four weeks. Three, three weeks or four weeks, and took like three lessons a day at the piping center and just kind of dropped a bit of money and said, I'm going to, I, I, I wasn't doing something right. I didn't know what it was. I want to catch up. I want to jump in the deep end and get overwhelmed. And I was, and it was really spectacular. And then I got to know Chris and Roddy and everybody there. And through that, Chris said, you know, if I was able to work at it, I might have a shot at the band. And then I came back a year later uh, having learnt what the Scottish scene was, to me, again, intimidating, not knowing where to start. And for me, the, the Piping Centre was that place to start. And then 
because Nate rolled around when I did move over. And then Chris said, hey, when you're ready to try out, let me know. Because I already talked to him a year previously. Right, right. I was just able to do that. I mean, made made the cut, make sure, you know, there was no doubt in his mind. It's just by, again, working hard and trying to bust my what ass. Made, made, and you, and you, well, you started hitting the solo boards as well when you, were, when you started over there as well. Like, what, what made you sort of decide to do that? A lot, a lot of people, especially Americans, when they go over, focus on the bands and they stick to the bands and they never really hit solos. And I would imagine that's a pretty intimidating scene by itself. So even separate from... Very, very much so. I mean, I think the whole thing for me was uh, very much shock and awe. I, I totally didn't know what I was getting myself into, but that's part of the allure at the time. I totally was like, let's jump, let's jump in, see what happens if I take a prize or do something great. If not, it's a life experience, and then you know that you've hit a wall and you have to work through it or not, and then that's you have to accept that. But for me at the time, I had been in grade one in USPA for since 2001, so I was in there for eight years, because I, I, I went to grade one, and then I kind of went to college and quit solos for about six or seven years, and got back into it in 2007, when I got out of grade one and went to professional, and then I was, go, went around the games here and said, why don't I just continue that natural progression? To me, it seemed like just the next step in, mm -hmm. in the path, really. You just, you know, there's, you just have to do it. So I did it, and I... What was the first games that you that you started at in the solos, like that you showed up to play, like seriously or try or whatever? In in Scotland or in here? Yeah, in Scotland. No, in Scotland. Uh, in 2008, I went over with. Time out. Just uh, Bobby Manier, he a uh, good friend of mine, and he and I went and we played our very first games at Inverary. Uh, possibly because it was it was on the map and you could enter it from abroad or something. Something I don't know why. But I remember, because that's the first or second games in Games Week, which is, I found out that's what it's called. And we did the uh, U.S. road trip, which is, to me, the coolest piping experience, like, ever. And I'm, you know, not knocking any of the many other great piping experiences, but doing Inverary and doing a five or six hour road trip up through Sky to get the ferry to go to U.S., which is in the middle, which is the Outer Hebrides, of course and in the middle of nowhere, Atlantic Ocean, to play on a field the next day, which is South U.S. Games, a field with no trees, no cover, which is like 100, maybe 200 meters from the ocean, and you're in a car park. Just The games is like an, a circle surrounded by cars facing inward, so it's like a little old uh, circle of wagons. <laughs> And you're playing with 25 or, or it's I think like a it was like game of soccer or something. No, totally. I mean, it felt the the informality uh, of that weekend, and that was the South U.S. Games, the Young Piper of the Year, the North U.S. Games for me, was the most unique and fantastic experience. Partially because everyone's too. going there to have a good time. Yeah, it's wild too because you know you're out in the absolute like the, the definition of the middle of nowhere. Uh, you know, and, and I haven't been out as far as U.S., but I certainly am familiar with the idea of, you know, even getting to, to like Northern Sky is like completely, you know, a, a completely middle of nowhere type experience. But the funny thing is you get there and you get to the games and the level of play is obscenely high and the focus on musicianship is like really focused. Maybe it's a result of, of you know, the, the, the trek out to, out to those places. 
Uh, yeah, quite possibly. I, I mean, the biggest thing that struck me on the very first year of doing U.S. and every year that I've gone back since has been that that particular three-day midweek trip is perhaps the most refreshingly informal, musical. It kind of goes back in time a little bit to, you know, we're here to have a good time and play music. We're not here to compete and play music. Yeah. Uh, to me, that was just holy crap from doing how many years in uh, the United States, which was just to me purely about churning results. Like week in, went out, week in, week in, week out, uh, the boards and keeping your name at the top of the list through sheer cumulative uh, results as opposed to Scotland. You showed up and like, hey, we're here to have a tune, and we hope everybody has a good tune. You know. Uh, when it's freezing cold, you can't feel your fingers. You can't play at Krenloa. You're getting your you're getting things bitten by midges, and 20 mile an hour winds, and it's raining, and you're getting sunburned at the same time. And there's people doing you know wee drams of whiskey just to warm up before the Peabrock. To me, that was like I ah, found pipe. something. That was pipe. Um, and and you know the next day, and and then there's this. There's everybody goes to this the one pub slash restaurant slash hotel I forget the I think it's the Dark Isle actually in uh, South East and there's this Kaylee and then the next day is the Young Piper and that's great and there's this huge party afterwards which goes to 2 in the morning and you get up 6 hours sorry it's US time so it's really like 10 in the morning you get up 6-7 hours later and you do it all again you play Peabrook and then there's a hill race <laughs> those three days to me that, that week was, was encapsulated it, it is, and it, and it was, and, and it, you know, if to, to, I go, I would go back, and, and I'm doing it this year again, just because I think it's my last year in the Young Piper. But it's uh, that experience to answer your original question. So it'd be long-winded. No, that, that experience, those first few games, to me, are 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 something that even a lot of Scottish pipers don't actually do or get to do. Uh, obviously, it's time off work. Obviously, it's a pain in the ass to get there. But, but it hooked you, you know. It hooked you, and you know, like sort of line and sinker as well. And you were so you were there, and so you were like, let's let's get some more of this and see if we can. Well, there was something terribly romantic about it, in a, in a kind of weird way. Excuse me. And and I mean, terribly romantic when you're out there with 20, 30 people doing the exact same, you know, trudging and working and 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 getting to that point as you. And you want it, it, there's a camaraderie to be found and to be built. And the first year I went was the same year which a, a couple of good friends of mine from New Zealand went, and then you get a couple of guys from Ireland as well coming up, and then Scotland obviously. And I think there was a guy from Australia there at the time. And it's just all of a sudden this place in the middle of nowhere. I mean, literally nowhere. And you're meeting all sorts of people from around the world that took the time to come to nowhere to play Fibra or to play some tunes and to do some drinking for no other reason when I ever visit that island. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that it felt terribly romantic and, and back in time. Yeah. And that's not to say, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of formality for some other events as well. I mean, that's, you know, that's sort of like uh, an extreme on one end, but then there's the extreme on the other end, which everything is very formalized and, and you know, stuff. Oh, very much so. You know, so, I mean, there's everything in between yeah. as well. So I think I think that variety kind of lends itself to a... Know, capturing people's interests. I mean, there's a there's a there's an there's an experience for everybody, <laughs> no matter where you where your interests fall. You know. Yeah, uh, very much. I mean, Scotland, the, the the Scottish game circuit to me 
seems to hold both extremes of informality and formality in this kind of dual nature at the same time. I mean, you know, you, you run it, whoever shows up and then there's a draw and then sometimes there's games that you have to show up, you know, obviously like we do, uh, right in ahead of time with your entrance fee, yada, 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 because everybody wants to go there and it's like clockwork. And then some games that it isn't and you're there from to, to 7 o'clock at night or something, which is retarded. But, you know, I mean, it, whereas I would I would almost rather stay a bit later than and get there because everything kind of starts at 9.30 or 10, uh, except for bigger games. But as opposed to over here, where you got to be done by, what, noon or 1 to get the bands out, you know, because you got the first mass bands and everybody gotta, the same judges have to go jump. You know, so to be to piping from 8 to 12 over here is just, that's too early. Uh, I've kind of gotten used to not having to get up at the crack of dawn. <laughs> to, to be able to play P-Rock. Yeah. Or, or drive several hours to get to play P-Rock, you know? Well, oh, precisely. Yeah, let's, um, yeah, let me ask you this, Derek. Um, tell, tell us, like, some of the highlights of your, uh, of your career a little bit, too. I think uh, I'm definitely curious to hear that, and I know our uh, listeners, our viewers, if you will, are as well. Like, I know uh, this past summer... You uh, is it was it this past summer or I have bad sense of time where you 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 won the silver medal at this point. What was that experience like? Uh, this past this past summer, uh, it was uh, disbelief. I mean, you know, I to, to to the sense of my accomplishments is mostly disbelief. I mean, I'm 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 here still standing and somehow I can get my fingers to move because you know my mom has arthritis already and I'm just looking forward to that. Uh, uh, breaking down my fingers because I've got like long, thin fingers compared to. I see Roddy and Willie, and they've got like really thick. If they miss the hole, they don't miss the hole. Whereas I've got this finite window of. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. To, to me, it seems quite quite funny. But um, no, this year was a big breakthrough for me personally, and uh, winning the silver medal in Inverness, and I won the A grade MSR at London, and last year I won the B. Marches at Inverness and the B Peabrook and Hornpipe and Jig at London, or the A Hornpipe and Jig at London. I've got it written down somewhere. But for the solos, those are the big things. I mean, I think most pipers can under, uh, relate to Open Inverness, and then obviously London to me seems like a, a close third, or, or, or right right there with them as far as places to play at. And the Inverary is rapidly becoming the outdoor version thereof, because everybody wants to play Inverary, and it's a prime thing. And, you know, I've done okay there, but not not winning anything, so uh, that'll happen maybe one day. I have no idea. Where do you think, I but, think a lot of us are under the impression here that, that cowl is a big deal as well. I mean, cowl's up there too, isn't it, as far as a lot of people go there, and, and to get a prize at cowl is at least, to a certain degree, a big deal. Oh, you're absolutely correct. I I uh, didn't mention it because I've actually never played at Cowell. Um, I, I've never done solos at Cowell. Yeah. Yeah, I've never done. So. I've played with the band uh, once. Cowell is actually an odd relationship with me, only because it took me several years to play to actually get there. And part part of it is that commute. Uh, and I think this year they're stopping the ferry, so it's going to be a pain in the butt. Um, but to to go out Friday morning to get to the solos to come back Friday evening for band practice, to go back Saturday morning for the band, to come back. And I've always just skipped the Friday. Um, uh, year one, I skipped the band because I had to finish my dissertation for the, for the for when I was in school. 
Uh, that was a you had you had that, that had to take precedence over the piping. Uh, year two, I think, was when I dislocated my shoulder in at the Oban car park, and that was a bad day and a bad weekend. And I was in the sling for the next several days and um, didn't play didn't play that weekend at all. And then I think uh, two years ago I got cut. And then this year I finally played. And then we got caught in a rainstorm for like five minutes. That was funny. Um, seems like the only band to get poured on, like instant flash flood style. But uh, no, Cal, you're absolutely right. I mean, that, that's a fantastic, uh, well-respected games. I've never played there myself, mostly because of logistics and mostly because of after open, I'm tired. And I just can't be arsed. Yeah. I've had sure many that's a legitimate roles. reason. Yeah, I think Cal had the best bacon rolls uh, with a little bit of brown sauce, you know. And, uh, yep. You know, I think they're definitely beyond. I think they're even beyond. See, I feel like Oban and Inverness, they're a little bit too, you know, the bacon rolls are a little bit too, you know, over-refined or, you know, they're, they're trying too hard. But when you get to Cal, it's just bacon. And, it's know, just, rolls. well, and, and bacon, everyone loves bacon. Uh, one one of the things British bacon too, so it's not like it's not any of this American. Yeah, exactly. I, I I can say that if memory serves, I know there's this one place. Having having lived there, I've kind of because your, your your standard you know bacon roll or hamburger is totally rubbish, totally crap. I mean, I can't stand it. And then you start looking around all the vendors and trying to you know over the years of going to the same games, and they obviously have a certain area they go to. And I know I think it's an Ayrshire. With this place called Puddle Dub, and I think they do all they do is bacon and sausages. It's a it's a bacon farm, for as far as I know. It sounds like and, my kind of place. Um, oh my goodness, I, they they had their burgers are so fantastic. I think they put cumin in them. I know we're off topic, but like things to look forward to when you go to a major competition <laughs> and the food crap. Stuff. <laughs> this, this is essential because Survival the food. one vendor, it's the one vendor with the, the with the giant line. I mean, you go to that one, right? You don't go to the vendor with no line, because that's just bad news. But Puddle Dub, if you ever go to a, I think they're at, um, they were at Dumbarton and where the one in um, uh, the South is, I forget the, Dumfries and Galloway. I don't know, random, random, but uh, they had this hamburger with like little sausages and bacon on top of it, and it's, look it up, it, it's, it's kind yeah. of, it's a treat. I um, that sounds that sounds really superb, and uh, I look forward to finding this place when we go over. All right, so um, so Derek, back to like the important stuff. So Stephen a while ago asks, and I, I I'm in agreement. I think we should explore this a little bit more. Can you speak more to the differences that you see between you know the the sort of solo uh, piping environment in North America versus that that you experience in Scotland? Because I think. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely aware of the differences because I, I, you know, I played on, you know, on the summer circuit for several years. But the vast majority of us here that are listening have no idea, you know, uh, that it's actually, and, and may, uh, maybe you would agree with me, it's it's a drastically different environment there than it is here. It is uh, so much so, and I know you've you have more experience than so many people, and you would know. Um, but what do you, you mean, like? Um, Oh, goodness gracious! Well, one example off the very top of my head. Uh, yes, yesterday for, brings it to memory, to, brings it to mind. Uh, I went out jogging and it was uh, 85 degrees, and you know, April, April 9th yesterday. So 85 degrees here in uh, Tinton Falls, New Jersey, and I was not a happy, not a happy guy. 
uh, getting sunburnt. And, and, and the reason why I say that, of course, is because, remember last year I went to uh, Round Hill Highland Games, and it must have been near 100 degrees, 95 at least. And the humidity was horrible. I mean, absolutely horrible. And I will take that and throw it out the window because in Scotland, the inverse is usually true. I mean, you usually get cold, windy, you know, random chances of rain. Uh, the rain's never that heavy, of course. It's just usually kind of misty. But even, even then, it's damp and it's cold and, you know, a lot of people wear always wear their jacket when competing for that reason, just to stay warm. I've gone through several permutations of wearing different kind of under, like bicycle sleeves and under armor and wool layers. But I will take the cold anytime over taking that 95 degree humidity because that melts me personally. I mean, maybe people can handle it, maybe people prefer it. But and when I went out last year just to get warmed up when I was going back to Scotland. Oh, oh my! It was it was it was torture. It was absolutely torture. I mean that, you know, you might say is just a climate thing, but that's a huge issue um, yeah. going over there. It affects your state and, of mind too. I mean, it makes you just not want to play after a while when you're that uncomfortable. You know. I mean, very much so. And, and the inverse, I've played as so, uh, Mark Kinch Highland Games comes to mind, which is is always always freezing. And it's nine. Last time I played there was nine degrees Celsius. So, um, quick do the conversion. I think it's got to be the forties. And um, playing playing a Peabrook, I think Patrick Og I played, you know, tr trying to physically, consciously think through every Krumlua, every Embury, Idri, just make sure, just, you know, holding on to fingers that you can no longer feel. And, you know, it's, so it's not all rosy, everything over in Scotland, but taking those two extremes, I've come to be more comfortable with, I can put on a, another layer. You know, I can't take off anything besides my my shirt if I'm just sweating buckets, trying to stay hydrated. When you know everybody else who's smarts in an air conditioned room somewhere, and a bunch of us are running around in, in wool on that day. I remember Round Hill, didn't I? I, I hate to didn't some guy actually um, a drum major died years and years ago. Yes, uh, it was hard, hard. Not, not around here. It was actually Delco, the, one of the final years of the Delco Games. Uh, a guy really? collapsed and died. Yeah. I, it might be Roundhill too. I don't know, but I do know. I, I thought it was Roundhill. I remember someone um, calling for a. Uh, anyway, that, that's irrelevant. It was just kind of speaking how hot it has been or can be on the yeah. East Coast. And um, well, getting so you're dealing, you're dealing with the. You prefer the cold, so you're over there for the first time. Now you're starting to do the game circuit, and it's an, adjust, an adjustment because you're used to playing in the heat here in the United States. Right. So you're, now you're in the cold and wet, and. Uh, I mean, when you're out there in front of the judges, it's like, how long did it take you to, to get sort of used to the idea of how things were being judged or what they were looking for or how you should be presenting things? In, like, so in other words, how, like, how, how long did you get thumped before you figured it out, <laughs> more or less? Well, I mean, I, I, I got some, I, I, uh, that first trip that I spoke of earlier, uh, I was able to squeak in a couple sixth and fifth places. And, you know, and which was entirely, which is entirely awesome. And for me, it was just a nice way of gauging where I might have been in a bigger field. And, and um, another thing over there, which the, most of the judges, if not all the judges, are so, if, if you approach them afterwards, uh, afterwards and ask, for, you know, how they thought, what they thought, what they thought of you, if most of them are just so open with helping 
And uh, it's been a generational change, as I've understood it, in being able to say, you know, judges of yore, there was a problem, you know, this divide between judges and pipers. But today it seems everyone's there to help out the kids. And, you know, if I consider myself still a kid, then I'd like to, um, you know, on the younger end of the spectrum. But um, so I, th I think that's a big thing today where you can go to a judge in Scotland and say, hey, what do you think? And because you don't always get a sheet. And to be fair, you don't always need a sheet. I mean, if, if you're playing that often, you kind of know nine times out of ten why you did or did not do something or place in something. Mm -hmm. And sheets become redundant to a degree. Um, where, whereas all you, you know, you go up to a judge and say, hey, why didn't you do this? And the judge says, well, I like this better. What, happens, then, if a, um, what happens if a judge in Scotland doesn't check off all of the check boxes on the score sheets? Did I get yelled at by the by the USPBA games monitor? <laughs> you, in, oh my goodness gracious! I'm being um, sarcastic. I'm being sarcastic. I know, but I, my my first response was to say, "Well, there are no check boxes." What? Um, no, I know. No say it ain't so. How do I know if my IG was sharp? <laughs> it's the fun. It's the funniest thing because that, that's a huge, a huge cultural difference. It's like you over there, and if it's sharp enough, they'll write you have a sharp high G, you idiot. Um, but no, I mean, no, if you're playing with a sharp high G, they're just like, why? I mean, but no, that's that's just being facetious. But at the same time, the sheets over there, the CPA sheets are just blank. Really, they just have a header. You know, is it uh, tune, per piper, judge, signature at the bottom, and and that's if you get a sheet, which is which is interesting. That's I mean, if I you get a sheet. I mean, there are some. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to, you know, I think the when I when I spent time in, in the uh, BC Pipers Association, they have way, they have minimalist sheets there, and it's so refreshing. And then it's even more refreshing when you get to Scotland. And, yeah, the bottom line is, yeah, if we give you a sheet, it's going to be pretty laid back. And then generally speaking, you know, I feel like that encourages the whole culture to be more music-focused as opposed to, like, you know, trying to tally up a bunch of check boxes, which, by the way, if you don't fill out a checkbox, you know, the, the competitor is not going to know how to improve, you know, after their performance. I really, um, I don't know, part of yeah. me, I guess I kind of resent it in, in, a, in, a, in a way. Right. Well, uh, what, Derek's saying, what Derek's saying is he's got, I mean, the, just the opposite's happening in Scotland. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're so, so in other words, you're, you're playing difference. in solos, you're not really looking for it as a sort of educational opportunity. Way, same way that we do here in the U.S. Sometimes you have to because uh, well, there, there's two points, I guess. The, what, one point with the checkboxes, always to me, it seems like it, it, it insinuates that the checkboxes are an objective rating of your performance and instrument when it's that's never, never the case. Never. I mean, I guess you could you could say objectively whether something's in tune or out of tune. But, the, but in addition to that, there's always the possibility, like, I, you know, I like to tune my B a bit flat. Well, that's subjectively, or objectively out of tune, but subjectively preferential to having it dead in tune. But that's just an example. Right. And then um, meanwhile, and then meanwhile, if I, if I, you know, tune my B totally true to the drones, that doesn't right. make me any less good or bad. It just, it has to do with a conscious decision that the musician is making. And, and so, and then I think people just sort of understand that, you know, uh, as opposed to, yeah. Now, granted, a sharp F, it's pretty hard to objectively like that. No, but then, totally. 
But then, you know, the judge will come up to you, you know, after uh, a day, you know, a day on the boards and say, well, you know, too bad about that screaming sharp F, you know, because otherwise, you know, your performance was really good. And you could say, oh, and sometimes well, it's the tiniest of things I've found. This, the, ju the judge's only job, his only job at the end of the day is to separate one through six from everybody else. Right. And if you're one or two and one or two is divided by, sorry, your F was sharp, you know, good tune. Well, then you know you know where you stand, and to me, that's actually that. I mean, that's reassuring because, like, you know, at the end of the day, just fix your F and play a good tune next week, and you know, try your luck again because it's not objective. It's it's the judge's opinion on how you played, and you have to remove like you know. For me, it's been a big process of removing my self, removing your self worth from a judge's opinion. Like saying the judge says, you know. You, had, you, you got second today. Well, you know, you're not a second-place piper. You could be a first-place piper, but, like, it's just his opinion. Yeah. And next week you play an equally a good or bad tune, and the judge is like, oh, I like that. So you get a first place or you get a nothing place or anything in between. Yeah. Um, yeah. In addition to that, I've, I know several judges that if there are no sheets available, has a little, has a little pad of uh, loose-leaf paper and writes up sheets anyway. Just, just comments. Yeah. And just because you need, it's it's like a, I'm not sure if this analogy works, I'm making it up on the fly here, but if you're a big ship coming into port, it's like a little tugboat. So, you know, you, in the fog, I mean, you know you're there somewhere, you don't want to crash into the rocks, and the judge is like, you know, just a little bit more of this, that, or something else, and mm -hmm. I don't know, that might, that might work, but... Well, how hard, how hard do you, did you have to work at finding these kinds of comments? Like, you know, sometimes you don't get sheets or whatever, but I mean, did you make it a point of going out and seeking out the judges and getting their opinions? I... Me, personally, I made it a point because I, again, to me, it's about learning and trying to not, not, not so much get ahead of the game, but understand their thought processes. Like, you know, I can go to a Peabrook instructor or go to a guy uh, and say, hey, teach me a tune. They teach you a tune the way they would play it. And, but that, that comes down to they had success playing this tune that way. Maybe you will also, maybe you won't you're not a clone of that person, eventually you have to make your own musical stamp. But in doing so, you're playing it slightly differently. So you have to turn around and say, well, is that, I like it, do they like it? You know, and you have to find out why, because, you know, as an American, I've kept coming back to, I don't intrinsically understand what they're talking about. I don't, at the and not at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, I don't know what they want, and I have to spend. I have to be in my conscious mind, on the forefoot, so to speak, to learn to be aware of what they do, because you just do it. And, and that's so just. How long did it take you to figure that out? I mean, did you just sort of like? I mean, you still trying to figure it out, or did you sort of reach? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't well, think I, I got it. Because <laughs> yeah, last year I, was I a good really year for you, you know. So it's. I, I would think that you sort of reached some sort of understanding of what it is they're talking about. I don't, I don't know. It was kind of. You, you, I, I'm sure every piper would turn around and say they're still learning, and I'm still learning. I am just. I, I feel even today, I am so far behind the power curve. I feel that, you know. All right. So I say I won the silver medal last year, and I'm gonna. This is my first year in the gold medal, and I feel very intimidated, and very much, uh, you know, a bit scared that I'm like, you know, all, all of a sudden I have to play to that expectation. Mm -hmm. Um. With and obviously everyone else is playing the silver medal. They're, you're, they're, they're trying to 
everyone's trying to get into the silver medal to get into the gold. You know, where, where does it end? And it doesn't really end. So it's just raising of expectations. And, I, you know, it's like when I'm practicing and something do, doesn't go right, goodness gracious, the stress levels are, you know, worse than before because all of a sudden you have higher expectations of yourself, never mind if you're, if you're concerned That's about anybody else. That's all the stuff that people go through in any circumstance, really. It's, yeah, and it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what grade you're in. It doesn't matter what level you're playing at. It's just a matter of trying to play the best you can play. And, you know, I was listening to a, a talk by uh, Murray Henderson a while back uh, on the CPA uh, website. And um, goodness gracious, it's just you just try tomorrow you play a bit more musically or a bit better and you try and improve every day. And I think that analogy works in, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do a bit of jogging more outside of the weather's turned and it's, you do a mile one day, you do a mile and a half the next day, you have to just do a bit more. Um, if that makes sense, if that applies, I think that works. I think it does. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's just let's, good uh, advice for Hold me. on, Ben. Hold on, Ben. You're, we're going to talk about this forever. We got some really important things here. All right. Now, this, this one's really important. This one has a special place in my heart. So Joshua was asking, what about the lower grades? And yeah, so how does grade four senior in Scotland compare to grade four senior uh, in the US PBA? No, my goodness. Like, that's the, that's the subject of the lifetime, isn't it? The $64,000 question. Uh, in, a, in a nutshell, I, and I think you know this uh, or would know this already, there's no such thing as a grade four senior in Scotland. Um, no, no, that's funny, but what's the real answer to that question? Uh, the real answer is, is actually threefold, and which is really interesting to me, how it's evolved differently. Um, part of it is that there's a huge, uh, 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 junior-wise, the junior scene is, is huge. Um, and interestingly to me, like they do it, I think, in the dancing, there's under like 13s, under 15s, and under 18s. So you do it actually age grouping, not uh, 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 quality grouping. You know, So if you're the biggest kid in your grouping, you're pounding on the kid until he hits his growth spurt, you know, sort of sports analogy. So, so that's, that's, that's the, the youth thing. And the second thing, I think, is the CLASP, which stands for something I can never remember, that the Computer. piping center runs. Yeah, competing, competing league you know, amateur, amateur or something like that. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And uh, the CLASP works as a um, as a uh, relatively recent, I think in the past 10 years actually, mm -hmm. uh, answer to to what I would consider that grade 4 senior question. Um, and they have a grade 4, 3, 2, and 1. And uh, I judged that actually last, uh, last August. There was one event I judged. And... Um, no, that's 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 a great thing, and you have tons of people who are getting, you know, newly, you know, perhaps they played as a kid, perhaps they just started as adults. They are working their ways up through the amateur grades. The reason why, because in Scotland, if you do want to compete, and this is jumping to another subject, and you know, track me back if this is uh, to a, a shotgun, but. Um, in Scotland, if you want to compete and you go to Highland Games, you can go to a CPA Games, which has grades like we do over here, but you can also go to most games are just open. So, like, right. there, there's open and there's a local thing. So you, I'm never in the local thing, so I never, I've always ignored that, but it's for Joe Schmo who lives around the corner. But the open thing is, yeah, you can, you can go up and compete at any age if you want, but then you're competing against everybody. And there's 35 of you, and chances are... One of you know, one or more of them are in the gold medal, and they're out there for a, 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 or something like that. <laughs> one of them is Gordon Walker. That's absolutely true. 
<laughs> and good luck for second place. You know, it's like, I think it's hilarious. So it's just so weird though. That, it's it's such a a drastically different dynamic than what we see here. And 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 I guess you know like lower grades. I, it's almost like they're not really. The CPA is certainly thinking about that, but really the CPA is only grading you once you've reached a really high level of play. And then otherwise, yes. otherwise it's open. And, and um, I think there's, there's two attitudes that exist. One attitude is that's, uh, that's very uh, primitive or inhumane or something, not to, not to divide the grades <laughs> yeah, down sure. to like the absolute lowest levels. But then I lean towards the idea that um, I think I think grade levels, especially you know grade four senior and grade four junior, and how they meet up at grade three, and then you know should should grade four be playing a full P-Brock or not? It's like for me, none of that is really relevant. And then I think we force the issue here and we make it relevant. And where the real issue is, people got to learn how to play bagpipes, and we need to get them up to a high level. And it's like, you know, and maybe then you should be thinking about. Uh, you know, competing and seeing how you do and throwing your hat in the ring. And then, you know, on the other side of things, too, it's like, you know, competing is the only thing, the only performance opportunity that we have here as Pipers. You know, it's, you can compete with your band yeah. and you can compete in the solos. And then, you know, uh, Scotland's just so much better about fostering a spirit of musicality as opposed to survive your full P-Brock because that's what the board determined you'll be playing this year. Also, surviving Phil Pebrick in 95 degree heat in yes. the humidity. Because yeah, that's. We're wearing I, 100 pounds of wool. Yeah, that's. That, like, yeah, um, it kills me. You know, the gut reaction is what, what do you mean Scotland doesn't do anything for adult learners? You know, uh, but then on the flip oh. side of it, on the flip side of it, it's, um, it's, I think it's a good thing because you don't necessarily have to be, you know, beating your, your buddies over the head with your 2 4 march. You can instead just kind of be playing finding a band that you enjoy and playing a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I think the College of Piping and the Piping Center will probably disagree with that. I think their their, their lessons are sort of re, replete with <laughs> with adults in a lot of ways, you know? Well, so I mean, just, whatever the market not, will bear, yeah. you know, if, if, the, if that's what the that's who wants lessons, that's who's getting lessons. Um, I think a lot of them, a lot of the College of Piping and a lot of the Piping Center people, there's a lot of kids, and, you know, there's a lot of adults, obviously. There's a lot of uh, mainland European people, uh, Germans, Swiss, uh, that come across. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of those, too. Um, not so many of the French. I think they go more with the Breton stuff. But um, that's totally guessing on my part. Uh, but I Because in my experience, I've seen a lot of Germans and Swiss, at least. But I think Andrew's touched upon a point. What fills, to answer the earlier, the earlier, earlier question, the grade four senior thing, what fills that va massive void is the huge band scene. And I don't mean like bands that, uh, what do you call it? Do just, just, there's not that many parades and such in Scotland that bands would turn around and say, hey, I'm getting ready, ready for the St. Patrick's Day parade, which never happens, or the 4th of July parade, which obviously never happens, or the, you know, insert parade day here. And they don't do that, uh, you know, because they don't have the same holidays. But, you know, you go to a major and there's, 20 plus grade one bands, give or take, whatever. Uh, but there's like 200 or 150 or, you know, there must be like over 150 grade four bands. Or something, there, there's, I mean, I may We're be exaggerating, but a that, mix that, of that a number bunch is of huge. Like grade four and three and like a, yeah, the number is huge. Yeah. And like their thing is, just like grade one bands, they get that bus 
Um, they get the huge Greyhound equivalent, whatever it is. And everybody's going down for the competition. The main, you know, grade four bands are there doing their thing. And, you know, if you're an adult beginner or there's a lot of Scottish people, if you don't know someone who does it, does it personally, you may have been taught it in school, uh, high school. Um, some, so, sometimes grade school, mostly high school, I think. Uh, but, yeah, that you just join a band. You know, I mean, just a local club. A local was a boys' brigade back in the day or whatever the Boy Scouts are. You know, things like that. And then, you you know, may, maybe you don't do it for more than five years. Maybe you do. If you're an adult beginner jumping in, what you're really doing is you're joining a local band, and, and that's where you're doing, all right, yeah, okay, they're competition-oriented, but at the same time, they're really focused on that camaraderie of building the musicality that Andrew spoke of and working together as a unit where I think over here, and you know, I'm not sure what the exact symptom of it is, but it's a, a lot more, you know, I'm going to do this and, and I'm going to go compete because that's either what you do or it's more me focused. And I'm not quite sure where that is. Um, but yeah, you, in, you, in, find, in you find a lot of the, uh, the, the players in that, in that community, you know, the sort of lower grade bands, is there a lot of crossover in the, in the solo scenes with the younger kids and, you know, young adults. No, well, is it, is not, it one or the uh, other, or is it is there is there is there a blend there where they're also playing in bands? And well, the CPA, as as Andrew touched, there, there's it's only two, maybe three hundred people in the entire CPA, which covers you know competitive pipers across the, it's the whole world, right? So so that's not all in Scotland, that's worldwide. So like right there, you're kind of diminishing your numbers from just you know kind of thinking out know, what, what the numbers would be from Scotland strictly perspective. And then you have a lot of people that are fantastic pipers, and they only play in bands, right? They're, you know, it's not just you have adult beginners or lower grade people that just do that and never get to the solos. You've got people as well, grade, I know, grade two pipe, uh, uh, band pipers, grade one band pipers. They can't be arsed to play P-Rock, you know. And, and at the same time, I know some great pipers in, in Scottish Power that used to play in the solos. They can't be arsed to play, a, you know, you know, you could play just your band two for March if you wanted, but no, why, why bother? And they're not going to, you know, because they, they've got families and, and they've got lives as well, and they're not really interested in, because, you know, the solos is so much more, uh, I guess the term would be anal retentive uh, than the bands. Because the bands, if you, you know, you miss a doubling or graystone, nobody cares. It's because, you know, it's just, bam, you're done with it. It's next, you know. Whereas in the, in, in the solos, you miss a doubling, you know, scratch, there goes your name. Uh, you know, yep. I, Thanks for you know, playing. I was, yeah, I was playing, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, the board, actually in Vary last year, playing the boards, playing a, you know, de decent march, and I think it was John McDonald's Welcome to the South Uist, and missed the very last F doubling. And I was just like, you know, giant inward groan from myself, all the guys watching, the judges are just yeah, like. It's funny over there too, because the whole anyone in the vicinity, they they will openly groan, kind of like you missed a catch in, at, at shortstop, <laughs> yeah. you know. At the game. Totally, it was like you know e, e, e six on the play, and that's an unearned run for your for your team. But you, you you know it's it's so true because every because in my opinion, uh, uh, play you know, and I'm not speaking for American, but but what I've experienced in Scotland is if if Someone is going to beat someone else. I mean, obviously, someone always has to win. But I would prefer, whether I win or I lose personally, that everyone play the best. 
that I don't want someone to have a breakdown or a choke or something because I want everyone to enjoy their performance. And I think most people in Scotland really want that. They, you know, all the soloists are really looking forward to. It's a camaraderie thing. It's very much, you know, I, I guess the sports analogy comes back. If you're building as a team, even if you're not always in the same team, you understand what everyone else has to go through. You understand that everyone has to play, I don't know, hundreds of Krinluas just to thousands of Krinluas. Million, you know, thousands of Krinluas for everybody. Uh, just, uh, you know, so if you miss one, everyone's just like, ah, oh, you know, crap. Or if Some you miss more. a giant blaring <laughs> F doubling. Um, yeah. It's wild. It's really yeah. cool. I feel like, I feel like, and then uh, I could be wrong and I, and I don't mean to stereotype, but I sometimes feel like that's not so much the case over here and, or we, we lose, we lose focus on that spirit of, wait a minute, we're here because we want to create and to hear and encourage great music making you know, it's like sometimes I feel like sometimes I feel like we do kind of want that maybe. And maybe and I've definitely fallen into this trap where I think to myself, wait, I really shouldn't be wishing bad things upon a competitor. That that doesn't make sense. And then, you know, so I've gone through phases, super competitive phases where it's like, you know, I just want to win. But then at the end of the day, yeah, you do realize that you you want everyone to play really well and then you want to win. You want to be the best of the people that played really well. And I think I think the Scottish scene in the bands and in the solos is really, really positive in that way. I think that's why Oren Moore spends gajillions of dollars to go over there, you know, um, every year, you know, and to uh, and to play over there. Even just three contests we usually play over there. But it's mm -hmm. like the spirit is positive, even if we get killed. The spirit is positive, and then you know the the people around you will give you feedback like, man, you guys are really come a long way or or what the heck happened to the kid in the back row that got his water trap twisted up and couldn't get his pipes up yeah you're I out mean, there and you know who you are but you know what i mean i'm just joking it's not uh, me. <laughs> you know uh to, i i've uh, personally speaking again you know i've blown an attack uh at a major and i can tell you i was mortified and the major response from Chris and everybody else in the band was, hey, dude, it happens to everybody, so get over it and move on. Now, of course, if it happens two or three times, then, you know, this is kind of, again, you know, if you're doing those errors at shortstop, you know, an error, somebody pats you in the back, four or five, a streak of errors, then they're like, dude, you're getting sent to the minors. But, <laughs> you know, I, I really do think, you know, having made a mistake, or having made mistakes, I, you know, I don't certainly haven't stopped making mistakes, goodness gracious, uh, in the band, in the solos, it's been extraordinarily positive and reinforcing. I mean, you know, it has been over here, too, especially, you know, obviously everyone wants everyone else to succeed, especially in your own team. So that's not unique to Scotland by any means. But it's, as an American playing there, you know, being the odd man out, I felt very... Uh, uh, a lot of positive feedback from, you know, hey, you can, do, you know, of course that's in between, you know, that, that, that's a snippet and then they still take the piss out of you. So it's like, you have to know when they're joke, you know, the usual joking motif is, of course, you know, that you're just the punching bag, the verbal punching bag. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think having uh, opportunities for those informal kinds of gatherings, like you mentioned the start, you know, in the South US games, where, you know, having those opportunities actually, you know, breeds that kind of community where when things do are serious at least everybody's rooting for each other you know like you, you because yeah. you know a while back you were you were in the middle of nowhere 
and it was just you guys, you know, <laughs> you know, and you just sort of, sort of and, and there you are again now in this other format, in this other context, and, you know, so you've got to sort of stick together kind of thing and hope everything goes well for everybody, you know, because everything, you know, everything yeah. is good when everybody does well, you know. But the, I think the, the difference between the band and the solos in that context, that particular context is in the band, you know, obviously you're on a team and you're, you're building a team for, you know, you, 40, 50 people are kind of subsuming their own drives to kind of focus down to one thing. Uh, whereas in the solos, when you're in a similar grade and, you know, I think we can all understand that on the day of the solos, you're really focused on doing the best you can do. I mean, you know, it's really neurotic, really kind of anal. It's just like you, you have to, you're in the zone. You have to be in the zone uh, to play that tune or whatever. And I find that unique in the solos especially because you've got 20 or 30 other people that, is, you know, so some more than others, depending on who you're friendly with, whatever, that are there who give a, give a crap enough to listen to you and say, oh, that was good, you know, that was a good tune, or, you know, sorry about that. Or, you know, there's an, if, if you can get over that, you know, that I, I suppose inherent selfishness, which I think in, inhabits every piper, because you have to be to be a piper. I mean, because you have to be able to be, because it's a very internal instrument. Um, then there's the amount of empathy, which I've really found in, in the competition circuit, which people are genu genuinely concerned. Like playing at Inverary, when, you know, uh, you're playing, like my, my first year in the A grade, you know, I was right after Roddy McLeod. Who, you know, it's just like, okay, you know, just surrender now. And he's warming up, and I wanted to go up and ask him a question. And, you know, he stopped, and, and we chatted for 30 seconds before, you know, because he was comfortable enough pausing to say, hey, or I can go up and chat to, you know, pick a piper who's playing in the top grade, you know, whom everyone looks up to, be it Roddy, Stuart Liddell, uh, 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 Angus, Lee Gordon, anybody. Go up and say hi. They'll say hi back. They're more than friendly. And you say, hey, oh, by the way, how does that tune go? Or whatever, you know, they're they're not out to say, you know, screw you, I'm focused on me. You know, they're all more than generous, and I think that's extraordinary when you can get to the point. And they're they're always just generous people, and I think that's and, and I think a lot of people exhibit that trait. I think it's empathy, and I think it's generosity. Yeah, well, we just throwing out there, throwing out there, uh, t uh, two minute warning. Just throwing out there. Go ahead, Ben. No, I was saying, I think you know. Breaking to like, I mean, we go to the games here on, in the East Coast, and it's people are coming from all different areas, and we're all strangers, and you know, we're thrown in the same field, and we we have to play, and it's it's you know, those barriers sort of prevent that kind of community from happening because you're only there for a short period of time, right? You're there on the field doing your thing, and then you've got a schedule, right? You're either playing with a band later, or you know, you got to go home or whatever, and you're only there for a yeah. short period of time, and that, that that barrier remains, you know, between you and that other player, you and the and the rest of the of the field. You know, like I've had, you know, the experience of, say, going to some of the indoor competitions that, that have popped up along the on the circuit here is the exact opposite. Like you're thrown in a room or in a building and you're sort of the only thing to do is to talk to other people. So, you, you, oh, yeah. you know, those barriers are stripped down and no longer is everybody a stranger. Everybody's a fellow piper, you know, and, and they're in the same grade and, you know, your comment on, on tunes and, and then you're taking the time to go listen to them because now they're people yeah. and fellow pipers, you know, not just stranger competitors, you know. I think that, that's a great thing. I mean, in, 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 uh, as far as I'm aware, 
if it's a band thing or a solo thing, they're mutually exclusive. So you're never doing the same thing, uh, two different things in one day. And you can really feel, you know, I'm, I'm going out for a tune, I can relax, I can play a Peabrook, or I'm going to the band thing. So, again, you can relax because you don't actually have to do anything. I'm only doing what I'm told. You know, Chris, Chris says, we're, you're here on X and Y time, we're doing X and Y uh, 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 tuning up for this or that, whatever. You don't have to worry about it. You just worry about when are you going to get lunch. Or, sorry, back to our original Puddle Dub uh, bacon burger or whatever. You know, that's, you're about oh, yeah. getting the right vendor, uh, really. Because after a certain fashion, you know, it becomes a bit freeing, I guess. Because, you know, as long as you get there, you know, and then they're very relaxed and the solos and the band, obviously, RSPBA runs everything on clockwork. But that's, that, that's not your responsibility. I mean, Andrew, it might be yours, uh, to be honest, because you have to worry about that. But I certainly don't have to so that's lucky yeah. on my part it must be nice to be able to uh, relax during a grade one pipe band contest I, I i am familiar with the feeling though at least uh once i got yeah. comfortable at sfu once i was comfortable it was extremely relaxing and enjoyable and and you're totally right about that uh for sure and then just never ever fall into the trap of wanting to be a pipe major of a high level competitive band <laughs> you know it, it was relaxation heavy as the head that wears the crown yeah, and then you have to try and remember what it was like to uh, relax. Although I still very much enjoy it, obviously. But yes, of course. Relaxation is kind of like a, you know, uh, the the cotton gin or something. It's it's ancient history mm. for me. Um, cool. Well, let's wrap it up there because I know everyone has places they got to go, and we try to keep it to an hour. But I must say, Derek, we have to have you back for a show just about bacon rolls because uh, we did not get. Good vendors in Scottish I've, games. I've got the stomach to prove it. That's why I gotta go running this afternoon. Because yeah. goodness gracious, oh, yeah. it's a small price to pay for uh, bacon and sausage <laughs> all on top of a yeah, all on top of a burger. So anyway, thank you very much uh, for taking the time, Derek. Thank I you. think I think we don't really know the specifics yet, but I think you're gonna come teach with us a little bit at Dojo U sometime in the not too distant future. Is that right? Yeah, or I, am I, making I think assumptions? next month is the uh, what we're looking at. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Starting in May, yeah. Oh, next I'm month. calling yeah. myself. Everybody, stay tuned for details on that. Yeah. So yeah. Derek's gonna come teach us, and it would be great. You know, uh, it'd be great to, um, you know, to have you on again, regardless, Derek. And then meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, we'll definitely be having him on teaching some topics uh, sometime soon. So thanks again uh, for having us, and I think that's it. I don't think there are any other big announcements or anything going on right now do we have Vin? i don't think so i don't think so that's that's it so uh so yeah we'll wrap it up and uh thanks very much again Everyone derek and everybody for coming yeah thanks derek right, well, thank you <laughs> talk to everybody later everybody we'll see you later everybody and then uh derek thanks we'll see you we'll see you soon i'm sure yes thank you yeah